0: And welcome to episode 69 of Tendy Talk, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the BLPA Podcast Networks. I'm your host, Joe, better known as Wash Up Goalie on social media. This week, I chat with my friend, Tara Trailer, a goalie I first encountered pre-pandemic while playing at the Playground Puck Outdoor Tournament hosted by the For the Love of Puck group. She's also a goalie who walked into a bar in full equipment with me. So, without further ado, let's get to the conversation with Tara. So, Tara, thanks for joining me on the podcast. Uh, Good to talk to you again.
1: Yeah, of course.
0: It's, uh, for those listening, we just got to play together, what, like three, four weeks ago in uh, St. Paul?
1: Yeah, the uh, playground puck.
0: Yeah, and thank you for uh, deciding. You hadn't had enough hockey that weekend and playing my uh, fourth game of that tournament, so I didn't have to play three games that day.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I regret playing that last game. I'm pretty sure I <laughs> tore my meniscus in that game.
0: Oh, no. I I, I know what, what play you're talking about because uh, you, you were a little little slow to get up on that that shot.
1: Yeah, I don't know what happened. I just extended uh, for that toe save and something popped in my knee.
0: Yep. It was I, my good knee. I remember when I hurt my knee. That's kind of what it was, too, where it was, you know, n- nothing jarring no big collision or anything It was almost like you said an overextension and you, you just kind of feel something and you know you're uncomfortable for the rest of the game it wasn't until the morning after that I woke up as like oh something ain't right yep yeah it, it was uh yeah I remember when that happened I I was fine for the rest of the game it just kind of felt off and the next morning I went to wake up and I rolled over and I was in so much pain and I couldn't bend my knee and barely walk was like, Oh boy, some, something's not right here. I better go to the doctor. <laughs> um, so t- tell me a little bit about, uh, you know, how you got into hockey because you're out in what the uh, Pittsburgh area.
1: Yeah. So I'm about like 45 minutes outside of Pittsburgh. Jeez. Um, I don't really even know how, like my parents got us into hockey because neither one of them, played hockey growing up i know my dad when he got a little bit older played like roller hockey um and they both they got us me i have an older brother i have an older brother and a little brother and they got us all on skates when we were like five four years old and um just started playing i was actually in like the learn to skate figure skating stuff (laughs) and I watched my uh, brother doing the learn to play hockey and I was like, Oh, I want to do that. And my parents were like, okay, sure. <laughs> so they let me play. I did like a year of player. And I was like, I want to try goalie. And I'm like 90% sure they only let me try it because I didn't think I was going to stick with it. Yep. Uh, I, once I put the goalie pads on, I literally never put player equipment on again. I was not one of those goalies that played Player sometimes and went back to goalie, did the half and half thing. Like, I just stuck to goalie and never went back.
0: What was it about goalie that you're like, I got to try this?
1: I think it's the competitive thing. Uh, my brother being a player and me being a goalie, I'm getting to go against him, I'm way too competitive. Like, my entire life is a competition with him when growing up. Whatever yeah. he was going to do, I was going to do it and I was going to beat him at it. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. So you you start playing hockey. Was there much, you know, was there a lot of girls hockey in uh, the Pittsburgh area at that time? Or were you primarily playing on boys teams?
1: Oh no. Pittsburgh's not like Minnesota at all. Even now, like it's getting bigger now with team Pittsburgh and everything. It's definitely growing, but it's so funny. Like when I go to Minnesota and play, I'm like, Oh wow. Like I'm not the only girl. And there's actually like a lot of girls. Yeah, where like I walk into a rink in Pittsburgh, I'm still usually the only female player there, and it was that way growing up too. Um, my rink that I grew up at, where I started playing, the original group that like I grew up with had a few girls, but they pretty much all dropped off, and it was just me. Um, and it was always on boys' team at boys' teams growing up. I was always the only girl. And it's just what I was used to. I played on a high school team where I think I was maybe one of five girls in the whole league for high school hockey. It, where in Minnesota, you guys have high school girls teams. Yep. Completely yep. different environment.
0: Our, our state tournament, even for the girls, that, that's played at the Excel Energy Center. And th- they don't fill it up like the boys do for – Uh, championship games, but I I would say they fill that lower bowl for championship games.
1: Yeah, it's just completely insane to me because I'm so used to walking into a rink and being the only girl Mm -hmm. or not many girls. I mean, like I said, now it's definitely growing a lot more compared to when I was younger. But for example, like my high school, I was, other than my older brother, we were the only hockey players in the entire high school like I'd walk into a classroom my teacher would tell would say oh you're the hockey player or they'd get confused and say oh you're the one that plays soccer I was like no 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 (laughs) hockey hockey (laughs) completely different
0: so if if there's only the two of you in high school when you talk about high school hockey did you have to play with another school almost as a co op team
1: So I played, um, I went to Newcastle High School, and I played for Beaver High School, which was about 30 minutes away. So that's another thing where in Minnesota, you have a rink every two minutes away. Yep. Um, I did have a rink in my hometown, which is actually the only rink in that entire county. And every other rink from that point on had to be at least 30 minutes, maybe eh, 20 minutes to... 30 minutes away to the next closest rink. So I used to drive 45 minutes to practice every morning, 45 minutes to practice at night. I was used to driving like that because <laughs> we didn't have the convenience of a two minute rink.
0: Yeah. And even me growing up in Chicago, I was lucky. We, we had a cluster of rinks, you know, within a 15, 20 minute drive from my house. I mean, Southwest ice arena, where I played most of my youth hockey was, 20 minutes Oaklawn where i worked was i could get there in 10 you know homewood flossmore was probably the, the biggest drive that that was probably a 30 minute drive 35 minutes if you got stopped by all the lights which my dad typically did <laughs> but <laughs> um yeah I, I still remember it was at homewood flossmore my dad i was a squirt and dad was like ah j- just get ready at home and th- then you know we don't have to leave as early. And I'm like, but I'm a goalie dad. He's like, yeah, you you can do it. So I get ready. (laughs) And we have this little station wagon and, you know, we're trying to get me in the station wagon. Finally, my dad just opens the back and he's like, ah, g- get in here. And, <laughs> you know, we're, <laughs> we're driving, driving to the rink. And he's like, yeah, I, I don't think we can do this. Get ready at home bit with you.
1: <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work so well with bullies. That's like the whole COVID thing. Um, I'm sure you guys had that issue where they were like, oh, you have to dress at home. The locker rooms aren't open. Like, well, it doesn't really work that great for goalies.
0: Yeah. In in Minnesota, they understood enough where they're like, players have to arrive, you know, with everything but skates and helmet on, but we'll open up locker rooms 15 minutes before the ice time for goalies, you know, and, and they asked if we could come with like our uh, pants on and stuff. And, but I was like, no, it's not easy driving with goalie pants on Um, it the driving part wasn't hard. It was like getting in the car and closing the door because they're so wide. And I I went to one rink and I was like 17 minutes early. And I'm, I'm the guy that likes to get there an hour before. So like, this was really messing with my OCD and anxiety to begin with. And I'm there 17 minutes before. And the guy's like, you're too early. You gotta go back out to your car. It's like, it's a two minute walk to my car. It's 17 minutes. He's like, doesn't matter. It's like, come on, dude. Yeah, Yeah. but but most of the rinks, I could walk in like a half hour before, and they're like, you're going to be the only one in there anyway, so it doesn't matter. Exactly.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Those guidelines, they were killing me. The one rink I actually just completely stopped playing at because they they just shut down the locker rooms, and they were having people dress in the lobby. Mm -hmm. And I'm like – and this was men's league, and again, I was the only girl really playing, so I'm like, well, what do you want me to do because – yeah um you just want me to get dressed in the middle of the lobby with all the guys which like i don't really care too much but and then that rink also was enforcing us to wear masks while we played and that for me i was just like okay i'm in my own crease at this point like i'm barely around the players like
0: well when the first lockdown ended and we had the 15 minute rule um I I walk into the rink I got my mask on and I'm I'm early because at the super rink they're usually pretty good there with uh, men's league and I'm like half hour 45 minutes early and and the high school kid working the desk is like you're too early you can't go in now mind you this high school kid isn't wearing their mask and they're telling me I can't go sit in a locker room by myself because of COVID and I'm like (laughs) And they're like, well, you can go get ready at your car. And I look at, and it was a teenage girl. And I look at her and I go, um, I strip all the way down to get ready. Do you want me doing that with moms and little kids walking out into the parking lot? And she just kind of looks at me and is like, that's what I thought. And so I, I just sent a, a nice email to the league directors like, you know, I get it. But if you're going to have those high school kids enforcing it, can you at least have them wear their mask? And he emails me back. He goes, you know, I've told these kids over and over, the beer league doesn't matter. He goes, because you goalies are, he's like, without COVID, you guys are sitting in the locker room by yourselves until 15 minutes before the game anyway. He goes, (laughs) after that week, I didn't have any more problems. And then they shut us down again. But it was funny. He's like, I've told him, you you guys you always have to show up early, sit alone by yourself anyway. It's not a problem. <laughs> so yeah, at, at the super ring, they're, they're pretty good. They get it. Um, even, you know, there, there's some rinks around here where even beer in the locker room, they, they get a little goofy. There, there was the one rink that had their own bar. So there, you know, it's kind of like a, we prefer you don't drink in the locker room because we would rather you go buy beer from the bar. But if you are going to at least, take your cans with you. Don't don't rub it in and leave them in the, the garbage can. So everybody got that. That like that was cool. There's a couple where it's like, no, don't do that. But then the super rink, they, they put a video out for their beer league where the, the rink director is sitting there chugging a beer in the rink. Like, has your team signed up yet? <laughs> so, yeah. It's like, we, we know we're, we're good there.
1: <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. We have that issue with the beer. Um, they're mostly as long as we clean it up and there's not cans left around they don't see it they don't care if they see it's when it's a problem
0: yeah at the super rink as long as you get them in the garbage can they're fine I mean you got some guys walking in with their roller coolers everybody knows what you know what's going on it's just be responsible about it that's always kind of been their thing that they're I think they say it they don't put it out in an email but they tell the team captains like hey Be responsible about it. If you're not responsible, then we're going to have to do something about it. So the five, six years I've been playing, it hasn't been an issue. Um, But I play in another league. It's uh, through 3M. It's for current and past 3M employees. And I I was a contractor there for a while. And (laughs) I remember it was like day one, and I mentioned the guy I was working with. I was like, yeah, I play hockey. I'm a goalie. And this guy at another table just kind of turns around. He's like, did you just say you're a goalie? I was like, yeah. He goes, well, we happen to have a league and it's all 3M employees. Would you be interested? I was like, yeah, I would. So, uh, of course I, I joined that league and we got two weeks in and then COVID hit. And it was funny cause we're that rink that we skate at, it has a bar. So we go there and the, they got like six o'clock, seven o'clock ice times, which is amazing. Um, But even better, by the time we get off the ice, it's still two-for-ones at the bar that's connected to the rink. So we go over there, we get our two-for-ones, and uh, it was the second week, and people, you know, things were starting to get a little crazy, and we were joking uh, on the team email. We're like, all right, who's bringing the N95s to the uh, game so we can wear them? And and, uh, we're in the locker room, and, you know, some of the guys are getting the ESPN alerts that the NBA is shutting down. We're like, huh, this is interesting. So, you know, we're like, if the NBA is shutting down, our league's probably going to be shutting down soon. Let's enjoy this game. So we enjoyed the game. We didn't play very well, but we, we enjoyed it. And then we're sitting at the bar having our two-for-ones, and it was the Blackhawks game. That that was the last game before the shutdown. And it came over that the NHL was shutting down too. And the waitress came around asking if usually we only do our two beers and left and I'm like, yeah, bring another round because we're not gonna see each other for a while. <laughs> and uh yeah, so I just got the email that it they're it's looking like they're gonna bring that league back this year. So I'm kind of excited about that one.
1: That's yeah. nice having the bars right attached to the rinks too.
0: Yeah, it, it is. Not not a lot of rinks have that up here, but uh that one does now. The rink I grew up skating at actually had a bar that overlooked the rink. Had a separate entrance and everything, but there was a glass and you could see down and watch games. So, like for my high school games, you'd come out of the locker room and it looked like nobody's parents came to the game. Well, they all—they
1: all the were all
0: up at the bar. It was just like great. It looks like we're playing in front of empty stands some nights. You know, other nights if it was big rivalry game, we had a bunch of students there, but. Never looked like mom and dad was there. <laughs> the bar was open. It was kind of funny. Um, JV games were usually in the morning. So that, that's when it looked like everybody's parents arrived.
1: <laughs> yeah, we had we have one rink like that in Pittsburgh. Uh, it's actually the old Penn's Practice Arena, oh, cool. South Point. That has like a restaurant with a bar and windows and stuff that overlook the rink. But yeah. that's about it. We don't have any other rings like that.
0: In new rink construction, I'm surprised you don't see more of it.
1: It's a good idea.
0: It, it, it really is. I mean, so. get, get some simple bar food. You know, some nachos, pretzels. You know, maybe a cheap frozen pizza they can throw in, and some drinks. I mean, and of course hot chocolate because of the other, you know, kids. But uh, it, it just it makes sense. I, I don't know why you don't see more of it. I've I've always thought if I built If I had the money to build a dream rink, it would almost be like a four sheet complex similar to what this super rink was when they first built it before they added the other four. But it would have this centralized restaurant bar area where you could overlook the games, all of them at once. Um, It just seems like a natural design element in my opinion, but I'm sure some architects out there. No better than me. (laughs) But uh, so you start playing hockey. Not a lot of girls. I got to imagine there there were had to have been some instances where um, either teammates or opposing players didn't like having a girl on the ice. Did you face any adversity with that?
1: It was usually an issue when it came to like uh, the other goalie on the team. Mm -hmm. And not usually – Uh, a lot of times it was i hate to even say it that way it's usually the parents they didn't like it when there was a girl a girl starting over their son so when i got into like the higher levels of hockey so i was playing guys triple a and i got the starting position over the other kid on the team who was a boy and the parents would throw a fit and -hmm. it was always issues that way and i mean the guys on the team always just treat me like one of the guys yeah I never really had a lot of issues with that now opposing teams there's been times where they didn't realize before the game that I was a player and I'd be just standing watching the game before us and they just start talking about our team and this and that and whatever and then they would say that, oh, I heard they have a girl as a goalie. And then they just start saying all kinds of stuff. I would just keep my mouth shut because they obviously didn't know it was me. That was the goalie that was standing right next to them. Yeah.
0: You use as like, motivation, right?
1: Oh, yeah. Because I learned when I was real little, as soon as I opened my mouth and I would try to say anything back, karma usually gets me. And then I just play bad. So I just play with a chip on my shoulder. And then I just play way better.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But just... It was usually. Go on. Oh, go ahead.
1: Just, um yeah go, go on. ahead sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um it was usually always just an issue with like the other goalie on my team because honestly I, I was, we weren't playing 50-50 I've never really had to play backup and mm-hmm. it was just an issue with the parents they didn't like the fact that their son wasn't starting and it was usually because it was a girl in the net if it was another guy in the net, it really would have been that big of an issue. Uh, And and I don't know
0: about that because it seems like, especially the the higher competitive teams you play on goalie parents get weird. Uh, And and they think that there's always politics or some other reason why their, their kid might not be playing And it. It could never be the fact that maybe the other goalie is just better.
1: (laughs) My parents were, my parents have never been parent coaches. They've, always just sat back and watched they've never went to the coaches and opened their mouth about anything they've were never those types of parents where they got involved unless it was actually needed about something different but I mean these parents were like team managers and parent coaches and all that bullshit that's just yeah you're always seeing it
0: yeah those are usually the ones that are you know my my, my kid and not just goalie wise but parent sport parent wise like there's no reason my kid can't be the star of the team that they have to be the best and then the other coach is like no really they're, they're the backup they're the second third line player and it's like how is that possible there's got to be some other reason it's got to be politics it's got to be this and that. it's like no <laughs> it, it, it <laughs> is what it is because um yeah, and then usually you know the goal is are just like yeah is the team winning well, we're, we're happy
1: <laughs> there's an incident like so back when before team or pittsburgh elite there was the pittsburgh hornets and i tried out for the team now this is a triple a team mm-hmm. that always takes two to three goalies no matter what There was only two goalies at the tryouts me and another goalie. Yeah, and the other goalie I actually grew up playing with him, he was a good goalie. Um, but there was only two of us there, so I mean, you would think okay, they're gonna take both of us, there's only two of us here, yeah. So they sent a letter in the mail with the tryout results or whatever. I got a letter in the mail and it said. Your son, your son, your son, your son. So it wasn't even addressed to like, your daughter. Yeah, and it said that I didn't make the team. So this was pretty much the first team that I ever tried out for that I didn't make. So I was like, okay. And that was the year that I went and played for um, the amateur Pens, which they're not—they don't exist anymore either. They became Team Pittsburgh or Pittsburgh Elite. Them and the Hornets combined, but they're a triple A. So. I ended up having a great season with them. We even beat the Hornets that year. They only took one goalie and had a horrible season, a shit season. And actually it was probably one of the worst teams to come out of the Hornets that year. But that's probably one of the first times where I was like, okay, they're literally just turning me down because I'm a girl. Yep. They I'm don't really- want a girl on the team.
0: Yeah. You, you talked about a tryout where, you know, they normally take X number of goalies and there's not that number there. By freshman year of college, we had 26 goalies trying out for six spots. It was like, I've never seen that many goalies on the ice at the same time.
1: Holy crap. Even
0: at a goalie k- clinic. And here we all are trying to get a few shots to impress the coaches. Somehow I made it. And I, I had my uh, college goalie coach on an early episode of the podcast and was like, level with me. Why? Why did you take me? Well, it turns out I was a locker room guy. I pretty much knew that, but I, I i finally got it confirmed. But I remember, I think it was my junior year. Again, we usually took six goalies, three varsity, three JV, and we had four of us try out. So all four of us are like, okay, I'm feeling good about tryouts. I don't, you know,
1: <laughs> I
0: don't have to try and make that crazy desperation save on the three on O drills this time, <laughs> but it was <laughs> It's crazy on, you know, one year we have all of these. And then the next year it's like, no, <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: that's insane.
0: Yeah. And I, I remember talking to Donnie. He's like, that year was the most we ever had. And he's still at the school, you know, 20 some odd years later. And he, he even played for the school, you know, when he was going there. So he, he's been there probably 40 plus years. And uh, he's like, that year was just crazy on how many goalies. And we, it's not like any of them were terrible either. There was maybe one or two Or after tryouts were usually two two weeks long, where after like the first half a week, they're like, you know, you don't have to keep coming if you don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> and um, – but for for the rest of them, I mean, we, we had goalies from all over Florida, California uh, – did we have one from – I think we had one from California uh, – north carolina you know just all over the place and some of them had just played in the minnesota state high school tournament the year before and um somehow i, I made the team
1: <laughs> no, i don't think i've ever seen that many goalies at a tryout
0: yeah it, it, it was uh it was something else i i think there were times where we had more goalies and went in one end than we did forwards it uh it was crazy that's crazy So, you're growing up, you're playing AAA, you know, through high school, and then you went to college, and was that that had to have been the first time you played on, like, an all-female team. Was that just, like, this weird, crazy experience for you?
1: Well, I did play for um, Team Pittsburgh, girls' team. I played uh, U-12s for Team Pittsburgh, but when I played on a girls' team, I still always played on a guys' team, because... My first year playing girls hockey, I absolutely hated it. Um, I did. I hated it. I thought it was slow. I just didn't like it. So my parents let me still play on a boys team while I played on a girls team, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: uh, which I'm thankful for because I think playing guys hockey made me 10 times of a better goalie than Mm -hmm. if I would have just grew up playing girls hockey. Um, I did the U-12, and then I just went back to just playing boys hockey up until – I think I was like 16. I did another year of girls hockey. And then for college reasons, I went back and I did U18 girls hockey Mm -hmm. because they're not really looking up a lot of guys' teams for girls. Right. So um, I did play U18 for Team Pittsburgh. And then I ended up at Chatham University for college. My junior year of high school, I actually tore my ACL, which messed up a lot of my college recruiting because that was like my main recruiting year and I tore my ACL and my meniscus yeah pole vaulting actually
0: yeah you were telling that story at the um playground puck I remember that yeah
1: yeah so I did that pole vaulting and then I uh ended up at Chatham and I was doing track and field there too actually and then hockey which that, that was my first time ever playing just girls hockey, not playing on a guy's team as well.
0: What, what kind of change for your game was that? Cause I, I I'm trying to think of the way to say is girls, women's hockey locker room wise is different. Um, how was that change for you? Not, not even before you got out onto the ice, you know, how, how did you handle that, that part of it?
1: Um. Well, it's definitely a different environment because you figure once I hit, I don't know, probably like squirts, I think. I started just getting dressed in my own locker room, so I was literally just always in my own environment. Yeah. And once you're on a girls' team, you're with the team and stuff. And, I mean, I don't think girls' locker room environment's a whole lot different than the guys'.
0: Some, some of the stories i've heard I, I i know in a guys hockey locker room we pick on each other quite a bit some of the stories i've heard from the girls locker rooms you guys do the same thing but um you go for the jugular a little bit more than we do
1: <laughs> well girls are bitchy Girl, girls tend to be girls tend to be bitchy and a lot more like just cut throat i think mm-hmm. so I think girls teams come with a lot more drama than guys teams. If we're being honest, it's one of the reasons I again prefer to play with guys. Yeah. When I'm in the locker, honestly, with college hockey, when I was in the locker room, I didn't talk. I literally went in, got dressed, and outside of the locker room, I was friends with all my teammates. I hung out with all my teammates and I talked and stuff. But when it came to hockey, I went in, got dressed, went on the ice. But I also would show up to my practices an hour early. I got Same. on the ice an hour before anyone else. Um, we had 7 a.m. practices and I was on the ice at 6 a.m. And I stayed an hour late. So I didn't really even, I wasn't even really in the locker room with my team a whole lot in college. But I was also a freshman and I wanted the starting position. Yeah. So I was trying to prove my point. To right. show that I was working harder than the other two bullies who were seniors and a senior and a junior. Yeah. And when that first weekend came around for games, I got the starting spot. So it worked. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. Well, and I mean,
0: if you're always changing in another locker room, you know, leading up to that, you know what do you say in a locker room you're not used to talking you're you're used to being quiet and in your own head as you get ready whether it be for a game or practice so that that makes sense too
1: yeah even in between periods the coach would come in and talk to us And I just I didn't take off any of my gear I didn't like doing that either like those cuts in between periods I hate that I don't like changing things up when I'm playing good yes so I would come in in between periods my gloves didn't come off my helmet didn't come off nothing came off and I didn't talk to anyone
0: the only thing I would take off would be my helmet, maybe my gloves, but it was like, I never, I, could, I never understood the goalies I would take like their top half off or I even knew some that would, and this was back in the days of, you know, seven leather straps on each pad. They would take, you know, their pads off between periods. Like I'm somewhat panicking for them. Like we only have 20 minutes guys. Like, what are you doing?
1: I, I could never do that.
0: Yeah. No. Because like I said, even, Today in the beer leagues, I show up an hour before a game and take that f- full hour to, you know, start getting ready, stretching, everything else, like to take off even my chest protector, you know, for while well, the ice is getting cut. I'm like, no way, not going to happen. Although I'm just,
1: when- I'm just too superstitious and I don't like to change things. So like, if I'm playing good, I don't take off my gloves. I, yep. if I have a, it I'm feels so good. Too-
0: Why change it?
1: Yep. I'm so superstitious to the point where like, if I have a piece of hair in my face that I know is bothering me, as long as it's not messing up my play, I won't touch it. I just leave it.
0: Okay. So you're talking superstitions. There's gotta be other ones and there are like things you have to do before every game. What are they?
1: Well, I uh, got this weird superstition. I started in college. It was actually because the first weekend we played buff state and I had a shutout I didn't drink any water during that game because I was playing good and I just wasn't thinking and I didn't touch a yep. water bottle. And so ever since then, I literally don't drink water while I'm playing. I don't touch a water bottle while I'm playing. Now, after the game, I literally like guzzle water. Yes. But so that's one of my superstitions. I have a weird, so when you line up to the post, you know, you hit your stick on the post or whatever for mm-hmm. the, before they drop the puck. Yeah. I will tap my stick and my glove on the post but if my glove touches the inside of the net I have to redo the whole thing
0: (laughs) yep I I I get that
1: I have like the weird like just weird superstitions obviously certain ways you have to put on your equipment
0: yeah always start on the left
1: see I start on the right
0: oh you're one of the few that does that most things I I know start on the left but it's funny like I'll start with the left and then there's just like one or two things where I, I go on the right first. And it's, I even have for my hockey socks. Th- there's only the one that has the tag in it. That's got to go on the right mm-hmm. every time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I always start on the right. I refuse to get new goalie pants. I am literally wearing the same goalie pants that I've always owned. They are youth double X's <laughs> that I refuse to get rid of. Um, I tie my skates a, some, this really weird way that I've done since I was little because someone told me that's how Patrick Wall did it. <laughs> so that's how I've done it ever since. And I won't change it.
0: That's funny. Some of my superstitions from my playing days, um, I had a pair of Blackhawks socks and they were the only socks I would wear on game day. Um, problem is, even though I would wash them between games, they're the only socks you wear to play. They get holes in them. And at one point there was literally no sole to the socks so I would wear another pair of socks and then put them over it um and, and it got to the point where all they were was just a regular tube sock but they had a uh Blackhawks Indian head sewn on them so my mom took the uh Indian head patch off and like attached it to a new pair of socks and she's like here <laughs> just wear these now and so I I did that until that pair fell apart and that's
1: then, funny
0: Yeah, and then um, my freshman year of high school, we won a Christmas tournament, the uh, Sandberg Slapshot 96 tournament, I believe it was. And we got t-shirts for winning the tournament. So I would wear that t-shirt every game day. I didn't wear it when I played, but I wore it every game day under my – in high school, we had to wear a shirt and tie to school every day and two games. So I I would wear that under the – under the the shirt and then uh, I wore that all the way through college and by the time I was done with college it had some holes in it
1: oh.
0: yeah you dropped there for a second I...
1: sorry are you there
0: yeah I'm here I was okay. saying we, we won a tournament my freshman year of high school and we got t-shirts as champions and so I would wear that every game day not not on the ice but every game day Underneath my shirt and tie that we had to wear to school and the games. And so by the time college came around and I made the team, I was like, well, I got to wear this shirt on game day. And it was funny because freshman year, I'm getting ready and I take my sweatshirt off and I got this Slapshot 96 shirt on. And my one teammate, Scotty Becker, uh, who's no longer with us, he looks at, it, he goes, You played in that term? And it's like, yeah, we won the term. And it was the tournament MVP. He's like, that that was a tournament we hosted and we were so mad. We didn't win it. You guys did. <laughs> and it was, so like every game, like he would see me starting to take my sweatshirt off or something. He'd just look away. He's like, I don't want to see that. <laughs> 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 but then, then it was little things. Like I would have to retape my game be, or my uh, stick before every game, whether it needed it or not. Um, see,
1: the taping thing I'm the opposite on. I would never, I think I'm the only person who's like, does this I never tape my stick I tape it once and then it just does not get retaped I have got yelled at by refs to retape my stick actually
0: yeah now now I'm at the point where once twice a season I, I tape it it's like as long as the tape's holding up I'm, I'm not going to retape it but when I was getting free tape in college yeah I'm going to retape it every game well oh, or-
1: even when I was like younger though I just never touched touched my stick when it came to the taping yeah. My equipment manager used to even yell at me about it and I was like, I didn't because I didn't let him tape it. I just did it like it retaped.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know why I did that one, but then then there's little things just like stretches. I get part of the stretching has been instilled from my youth goalie coach who his career was cut short because he didn't stretch. So it's like drilled into me stretching before you leave for the rink, when you get to the rink when you get on the ice after you get off the ice so like those things i still do today
1: yeah i try i've been trying to get a lot better with like off ice stretching cuz mm-hmm. i've always just been flexible i did gymnastics for a while when i was younger and i've just always been flexible but like like i really need to start stretching more after that minnesota tournament i actually i don't know if it was my hips or my back but something i somehow got out of line which was the first time that's ever happened i'm like okay mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely need to start like stretching, stretching more off the ice because I, I mean, I work out and everything, but I don't put enough time into stretching.
0: Yeah, well, and especially when you work out, you got to stretch more because the tighter your mus- your uh, muscles get, the easier it is to tear and uh, injure them. So I, I've been really good at stretching, you know, the the hips, the groins, and all of that. But it wasn't until I sprained my ACL a couple of years ago that I had to start stretching the knees more uh, and really learn some of those good stretches from my uh, physical therapist from rehab. He's like, yeah, you got to do these too. You can't just focus on, the, you know, the one area. But like, like you, yeah, I've been naturally flexible. I mean, I'm 41 and still doing the splits. So
1: <laughs> it's, exactly
0: it's it's kind, kind of fun to, to pull that one out in the the old man men's league and like, <laughs> yeah. how are you doing that my legs hurt do it. Splotch, and that is like just always been able to do it and because I keep stretching uh it's still possible uh now you, you mentioned your hockey pants being a youth size um for those that don't know who you are you are not a very tall goalie uh, <laughs> what we can say is the Toronto Maple Leafs would never look at you because you are nowhere you're not 6-4 you're barely 5-4 <laughs> I
1: don't even think I don't even think the women's league was to look at me because of my height
0: yeah i well <laughs> and that's where i'm going i mean you, you told the story that the uh um they they just changed it to what like the PHL or uh, something but the the women's league here in the US oh, the
1: PHF
0: yeah, the DHS. It's a dumb name. It is. Uh, the, the other one was easier. What is it? Was, the the of It makes
1: sense. NWHL, the National yeah. Women's Hockey League. It just makes sense.
0: But, I mean, you were good enough that teams were looking at you, but your height, they were like, we can't find equipment that small.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm only 5'1". I'm not very tall. <laughs> I like to say I'm 5'2", because I'm 5'1 and a half.
0: Yeah, rounding up. In skates, you're closer to 5'3". three.
1: Yeah, exactly. Playing <laughs> you know, on those outdoor those outdoor nets make me feel real tall.
0: Yeah. Oops, fans! The latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, three sixty windmill good. New customers can bet just one dollar on any team. They get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 plus, minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Voidware prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee red line 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y, that's 467-369. Yeah, you know, I, I wish they had that bar down the middle, because that's what I use to get my angles, and not having that messes with me.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, I didn't even think about that.
0: Yeah, That I, I told the story on the podcast before, it was mid-90s, and Tommy uh, Soderstrom was playing for the Philadelphia Flyers, and he had this goofy Jofa bucket, and they were talking about how when plays at the other end, he would retreat into the net and he would do it so that he could feel that center post kind of on his spine. And that way, when he came out, he knew he was good on his angles. And I was like, that makes a lot of sense to me. So ever since then, that's what I do. And the pucks in the other end, I'm usually in the net with my spine kind of on that center post and uh, not having that on those outdoor rinks messes first of all we don't have a crease on those not having
1: a crease is what really messes me up. yeah
0: and and then you take that away from me and it's really just going off of instinct at that point
1: (laughs) yeah I will say on the uh one side when the sun's going down you have a little bit of a shadow if it's in the right spot so you can kind of like have a shadow from the net, making a fake crease yeah but that's about it yeah it really throws you off not having a crease well like the penalty shots the one I had I was like I thought I was gonna run into my net and mm-hmm. meanwhile I have like five feet behind me
0: <laughs> yeah one of them I, I, I w- thought I was further back but nope I was out quite a bit because there's not even lines on the ice and ice conditions for this tournament every single game they were different. And I mean, oh, kudos literally. to the crew, the, the volunteer crew, nonetheless, that was there taking care of it. I mean, they did a great job keeping that ice and skating condition, but it was like the first game that was snowing, you know, well, just trying to find the puck on sticks was one thing. And then when they would shoot, like you have this cloud coming at you and then emerging from the cloud is a puck. So, I mean, your reaction time was cut in half, but even worse, you couldn't read the puck off the stick to, you know, kind of gauge, you know, how to play it. So that, there was that. And then the next game, it was dark. So on one end it was darker than the other. So they're either coming out of the shadows or into the shadows, which was fun to, uh, and then the next game was full sun, like not a cloud in the sky, and uh, yeah, the, on the, the one end, there was that glare kind of from the players uh, bench area. Whereas, it, Oh, that's it,
1: when you couldn't tell if the team was your team or the other team because they yeah. were so bad. The jerseys, you couldn't tell them apart.
0: Yeah. Well, and it was just so bright. It was like, oh my God. And I, I remember um, Alex, he, he told his team at the half, he's like, if you shoot from right here, he's not going to see anything. And sure enough, their one of their first shots was from right there and it, went right by me It's was like I saw it at the last second <laughs> yeah you know but I mean it, it was it was fun I, I, I love that location and there were so many people out there skating this year compared to last time I mean it was just
1: it's definitely it, growing each year
0: yeah well I, I think it was just some pe- people in that Neighborhood, no. It's like this is something we can do outside, and not have to worry about it. I, I wish they I would have opened the warming house at least for us. Um, yeah,
1: that that definitely made it a pain.
0: Yeah, that that was kind of um, a pain in, in the backside, just getting ready.
1: <laughs> once once they got the tent up, it wasn't as it definitely wasn't as bad.
0: Yeah, I just remember that first game when it was snowing. Some of the people that didn't zip up their bags while they skated. Yeah,
1: that was me. That would yeah. be me because I was, I didn't know I was playing that first game and I was running late. So I'm trying to dress like as fast as possible. There already, I didn't even stretch for that game. So I'm pretty sure that's when I probably pulled something, but like, I'm literally rushing to get ready. There's snow coming down. I couldn't get my skate on because I'm lazy. I broke a lace and I just had it a knot. So yeah. I have like thick socks on that. I couldn't uh, loosen my skates my bag was undone. I get off ice and it's just covered in snow. Snow. I'm like, oh, this is great. This With your
0: shoes right on top. So it's not like you got warm shoes you can put your feet in.
1: Yep. (laughs) Uh, It was miserable. I was like, oh, this is awesome.
0: You know, the tournament, it reminded me of uh, when my son was up in Ely, Minnesota, winter camping with Boy Scouts where they slept outside in 20 degree weather. And they got back and I asked one of the dads, how was it? And he goes, you know, in the moment, it was actually pretty miserable. But when we look back at it, we're going to say, "Man, was that fun!" And that was kind of this, <laughs> that was kind of this year's tournament. Like, creature comfort conditions were not as good this time around as they were last time, and, and there's nothing you know, Kaz or you know, the, the r- parks can do about it. I mean, they did they did the best they could and they still made it a ton of fun, but it was like creature comforts in the moment. It was pretty miserable. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if we're being honest, it was
1: the hockey, the hockey was definitely fun. The oh, yeah. getting was not so much a blast. Yes. black. And then the BLT after was definitely worth it. <laughs> I think yes. it was, I was at shamrocks. They had the BLT with like a half a pound of bacon. I think I ate like four of those.
0: Yeah, if if it wasn't for um, all the COVID stuff, I probably would have said, hey, we need to go back to the bar and full equipment because anybody that's followed my um, Instagram accounts has seen the pictures of us in the bar and me on the uh, park bench and full equipment. You know, you're the other goalie that we walked into the bar and ordered to be yes. in full equipment.
1: <laughs> I actually, so when I realized we didn't have a locker room, I was at... Um... I went to Groveland tap and I got a drink and uh, like an appetizer before the game. And I ended up putting on all my underlayer stuff in their bathroom. I was like, <laughs> screw this. I'm not getting dressed outside in the cold. Yeah. I went out to my car and I grabbed all my stuff and I, I got dressed in their bathroom.
0: Yeah. I didn't know until I got there. So I went back to my car and, you know, changed out of my jeans into my sweatpants. Cause I, luckily like my uppers, I, I kind of had ready to go. But it was like, so the bottoms, I had to change out of my jeans. I was like, I'm not going to do that in the porta potty because that thing was disgusting.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, no, I asked Has where I was getting dressed and he pointed at port-a-potty. I said, yeah, I'll be at the bar.
0: <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> th- there were too many kids there already at that point for game one that I was like, no, I'll go back to the car and, you know, <laughs> take care, do do what I need to do. And it, it was quick, but I was like, oh boy, but at least – Every other game, I, I knew what I was in for. So I just came ready to get in my equipment. Um, yeah. So, you know, we mentioned Kaz and the For the Love of Puck group, and you went on one of their European trips before I COVID. Did. Where all did you guys go to
1: play hockey? Uh, we were in Germany, Switzerland, Italy, and Austria. That sounds amazing. It was definitely a trip of a lifetime like I'm 100% do that again I think they're planning on going in October it sounds like as long as everything with COVID and everything stays yeah. good
0: yeah and I mean the the way the trip my understanding gets set up it's almost like it's not all inclusive but it's like they they have the buses set up to take you from place to place they have teams set up it's not like you guys are just going playing drop-in it's not like you're going playing in term it's like they have it organized so that there's good competitive games everywhere you stop. I mean, the one rink was an outdoor rink in the Alps. Um, yeah, that,
1: that yeah. rink was literally the coolest rink I've ever played at. I mean, he has everything. Everything's taken care of. You literally pay and then you get on a plane and everything's taken care of. You get on a bus, you go to the hotels, you can explore. Like, so when we, we landed in Munich, And as soon as we landed in Munich, we dropped ourselves off at the hotel. And I mean, we, most of us, I think pretty much most of us went straight to Oktoberfest because that was going on when we were there. So we literally went straight to Oktoberfest and just started drinking. And then the next day we explored Munich and um, explored all over the place. And then we have games. And when we're not playing, you're exploring and drinking and just having a blast.
0: It, and it sounded almost like some of the exploring is, um, pre-planned. Like, you know what so, you're going to go look at and then there's other t- it's almost like a cruise.
1: So it is pre-planned and it's not. So like, there's definitely like, um, Eagle's Nest when we went there, they had different activities where it's like, you can do it if you want to do it. You don't have to do it if you don't want to, yeah. um, and you can go as a group or you can kind of go off as a, and do your own thing. So like I don't do well with group activities just because I just go off and do my own thing. Like I'm too, going. too much, too much energy and I just want to see everything, do everything. So like when we were in uh, Munich, everyone was kind of in a group and like, the reason I don't do so good with group things is because everyone's like, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? Let's right. go here. Let's do that. And I'm like, guys, everyone just like go do your thing and like shut up about it like I'm i want to see every
0: a planner where it's like okay this is where we're going this is everything i want to see how do i efficiently do that so like i'll look at like things a, ahead of time
1: i'm like a fly by my seat like i will book a flight to arizona for tomorrow and then just camp my way through arizona like i am i don't plan much at all i just go with it and yeah. we were at like a street corner in munich and the one actually Kaz's nephew timmy you i think you know him right
0: i think so yeah if i saw him i'd know him
1: so i tapped him on this we were at like the street corner and everyone's trying to decide what they're doing i'm like screw this i'm going that way you guys can figure out what you're doing i, <laughs> I did not even know him like i don't i didn't know pretty much anyone in this group Kaz found me on instagram and asked me to yeah. go to europe yeah. with a bunch of strangers like i <laughs> i didn't know anyone So I tapped him on the shoulder. I said, I'm going this way. So I just took off running that way. And he's like, well, I can't just let this girl just run around. Yeah, by herself. (laughs) Like she's going to get kidnapped or something. So he went with me and I pretty much him and uh, the one girl, Ashley, they were pretty much my travel buddies that whole time. (laughs) And we explored and went all over the place and saw everything. I mean, it was a great time.
0: Yeah, I, I I would love to go on one of those trips. Um, maybe when the kids are done with school in the next few years, I, I might have to try it. And I was telling Kaz, like I would love to, but like, that's a lot of money to do a solo trip. And he's like, Bring the wife with. It's like, listen, Kaz, we've been together twenty one years and I think she's come to Two, maybe three of my hockey games. She does not want to go on a European trip and see me play hockey darn every day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and he's like, "What? What do you mean?" It's like, "Well, she she grew up. Her brother was playing hockey. And he played, you know, through the ranks, juniors, all of that." It's like, so by the time we started dating, she's like, "Oh, you're a hockey player." Like, <laughs> it's like, yeah. So, I mean, she, she understands the love and the, the need to play and everything else, but she's like, I don't need to come to your games, do I?
1: <laughs> so it
0: was like, okay, that, that, that's cool. That's fair. Um, it was like, yeah, I don't think if the one time we maybe make it to Europe, she wants to spend it watching me play beer league hockey and then traveling around with my smelly hockey bag.
1: <laughs> Listen, it's worth it. The trip's amazing.
0: Yeah. It, it's definitely something I would love to do you know but you know you mentioned your travels like you'll you'll hop on a plane and fly somewhere and you know camp your way around I mean what following your Instagram that's exactly what you do you're you're always on the go I mean
1: oh I'm a hippie I I have a van and I just pack it up and I go I you don't just have
0: a van this is like a 70s Like down by the river, uh... it's
1: it's a it's a '96 conversion van that's baby blue, and it has a bed in the back. It's a perfect travel van that I want to live in for. How reliable is it? Like a life goal to just be living. It's good. No, it's actually real reliable. It's um, I mean, I had it completely looked over and everything when I got it. It only had like fifty thousand miles on it. Oh, nice. Yeah, so it's not like it has a ton of miles or anything on it. Um, I've done a few pretty far trips with it. But when I'm only able to get, like, a long weekend off work, I uh, will fly to – so, like, recently I did Yosemite mm-hmm. in California. So I'll fly there. I pack my tent, and I get a rental car. But I just – I either get a bigger rental car, like I got a Jeep, um, not a Wrangler, but, like, a Cherokee or whatever that was. And I camped in the car, I camp in my tent, and I just drive all over the place and backcountry camp and hike and explore. I'm actually going to Poland uh, on the 23rd of this month. Oh, fun. So that's the next trip.
0: I I see one of those camper vans in your future.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, definitely. (laughs) I need a job that allows me to work completely remote so I can just live in my van.
0: There are a lot more of them these days than there were in the past. That's for sure.
1: Yeah. That's one thing COVID did was create a lot more jobs working remote.
0: Yeah. My my wife and I, we both have fully remote jobs. And so like when the last presidential election was happening, we were this close to renting like a place down in the Florida keys for the week where we're like, we're going to wake up, we're going to go vote. And we're going to get on a plane with the kids and just get the hell away from society because, Nothing good's going to happen that week after the election anyway. And we're like, as long as wherever, whatever Airbnb we find has Wi-Fi, we're good. You know, um, unfortunately, we haven't taken as much advantage of that because of COVID. But um, like I went and visited my parents uh, about a year and a half ago. And it was just I flew out after work and then got there. And then the next day, I just logged in and had a different background.
1: <laughs> yeah, Exactly.
0: You know, so th- there is that uh, that convenience that I, I can just work from wherever. We we went to my in laws' uh, lake house over Fourth of July, and rather than take a few days of uh, PTO, I, I was saving them, and I just logged in literally from the lake. Like I logged in, and somebody's like, "Oh, I love your new background! Like, wh- where did you find that?" I'm like, "No, that's real. That's a real lake. Those are real trees." And I'm my- like. <laughs> And then, just as I'm saying that my uh, father in law had the kids out on the boat uh, knee boarding, just as I'm saying that they're going by in the background, they're like, oh my God, <laughs> that's awesome. I was <laughs> like, I'm not going to work inside on a day like this. I'm, I'm working literally from the lake.
1: <laughs> yeah, see, I, I need something like that where yeah. I can just work from wherever.
0: It's. Uh... We can talk afterwards because I used to be a recruiter and have quite a few connections.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Then I need a remote job. Yeah. I get cooped up and I get antsy and I don't know how much longer I'm going to be able to keep swinging long weekends before they're like, um, so I see you're just traveling and not really working anymore.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like with living in Minnesota in the winter and it's just like, it's snowing again today. And my wife's like, what are we still doing here? Because we were so close to moving to Nashville this summer. Um, but because of the kids in school and finding a place that had a good school comparable to what they're in now, it's just hard. And we're like, let's just wait till they're both done. But you know, they're an eighth grader and a freshman and it's like four and a half years, just remind yourself four and a half years. Because it, as we were talking about moving, like we told the kids, we're like, yeah, Nashville gets on average four inches of snow a year and they started laughing they're like that's it like not in like once not four inches a snowstorm but four inches all year and we're like yeah and they're like okay so we don't need to bring the snowblower (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah,
1: every time I come up to Minnesota for that tournament I'm like how does anyone live here in the winter because I complain about our winters and I mean this winter actually we got hit pretty good but I just, I don't do winter anymore unless I'm looking at mountains. Like I have a nice mountain view, like Colorado. No, I don't want yeah. anything to do with the snow and the cold.
0: You know, I, I don't mind the snow. It's the cold and we've had some really oh, yeah. you cold guys days have this year.
1: Ridiculous cold.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, I was driving the kids to the bus stop because it was like 30 below zero. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to make you walk there. But now that we're back above zero, it's like... <laughs> You guys go walk. It's only half a block to the bus stop. You're fine. And they're like, <laughs> you know, and it's funny because I was telling, you know, one of my coworkers lives out in San Jose. It was like, yeah, it's nice today. It was like 34 degrees. I made the kids walk to the bus stop by themselves. And i like, oh my God. It's like, it was 20 below yesterday. It's like a full 50 degrees warmer today. Like it's nice out. And she's like, well, when you put it that way, yeah, but that's still cold. <laughs> Yeah, some people just don't get I remember as a kid, uh, my dad has a cousin that lives in um, San Diego, and she calls the one day, and she's going, it's so cold here. I've got three pairs of long underwear on and he goes, well, how cold is it? And she's like, it's 38 degrees. And he starts laughing. He goes, Nora, it's 30 below here before the wind chill right now. Like, and she's like, "How are you guys not dead?"
1: <laughs> yeah, I could never. I I mean, like you said, I don't. I don't mind the snow, but the cold. I literally, I just can't.
0: Yeah, it's it's the cold, and I mean, that's why when my mom, dad retired my mom and dad moved from Chicago to North Carolina. And it's funny because now they've acclimated to a warmer climate and it gets down to like the forties. My mom's like, Oh, it's so cold. We had to turn the heater on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's how my family in Florida is now. Cause they've been in Florida for so long that as soon as it gets a little chilly down there, they're all bundled up. And...
0: Yeah. We, we were in Arizona a couple of years ago um, in Tucson. And this was like in November and we are staying at a house on a golf course and it's 60 degrees and my kids are in the pool swimming and the golf course attendant, it was a heated pool. So we had that. uh, But the golf course attendants are wearing big winter coats, mittens and stocking caps. And I'm just like looking behind me at the kids in the pool and looking at these golf course attendants, just laughing. Like, of
1: course, it's funny when you like travel and stuff. Cause that's how, you know, you're a tourist because like when I was in Texas, yeah. I was in like a tank top and stuff and I was looking around, everyone was in hoodies and bundled up. I'm like, okay, so this is apparently cold for them down here because I'm in a tank top and I think it's warm. I yep. obviously, st- I stick out right now.
0: It was like 16, 17 years ago. We were at Disney world with my mom and dad and sister and, uh, we didn't have kids at that point. My sister only had one and we're down there and we're walking around in a sweatshirt and shorts. And like the workers are like, Oh, you guys must be from the upper Midwest. And we're like, how do you know? And they're like, you're the only ones that walk around like that this time of year. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Cause in the middle of the day, the sweatshirt would come off and we'd have our t-shirt on, but it was, one of those like, if you weren't in the sun, you needed the sweatshirt, but if you were in the sun, you didn't. So like yeah, You're the only ones that walk around like this is they all have their big coats and stuff. And we're like, well, it's like 68 degrees. And they're like, yeah, it's cold.
1: We're enjoying it while we can.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's funny. Um, so I'm get, trying to be cognizant of time. We've been talking a while on every episode. I asked uh, every guest the same 10 questions. I call them my rapid fire questions They're not that quick, but same 10 questions. I've asked everybody the same exact one. So First question for you. What's the craziest coaching moment from your playing
1: days? Uh, oh wait, sorry, you're breaking up a little bit. What oh, was that?
0: What is the craziest coaching moment from your playing days?
1: Oh, craziest coaching moment. Oh, no, I don't know if I, I'm trying to think. Um, I had a coach actually take a slap shot off my head because I didn't stop a puck behind the net. <laughs> I learned my lesson. I stopped the puck behind the net every time after that.
0: <laughs> I don't do that anymore. Uh, I, I told my teammates, I was like, I, mean, I don't play the puck very well, so I don't come out of the net. And, uh, there, there was a game not, not long ago. I was playing for another team th- this last fall. I came out, tried to play the puck, turned it over, wound up in the net, And then the next game, there was an easy ring. I could have stopped it, and one of the guys was there. He's like, why didn't you come out and stop that? I was like, you were here last game. You know why. And he goes, yeah, that's true. Stay in the net.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so, like, I don't play the puck that often either. Um, And what's crazy about that, Coach, is it wasn't even my team. At the time, I was, like, 14, and I was – it was a U16 uh, guys, triple A team that I was just practicing with because I wanted the ice time and I liked the coach. I mean, I actually, the coach that did it, he's one of my favorite coaches. Yeah. He, he was a complete asshole to you on the ice. He'd call you every name. He, I mean, the stuff he'd say to you now you'd probably get in huge trouble for. Yeah. But it was just like a breakout plane. I, he, I didn't know I was supposed to do that. Like he didn't say stop the puck behind the net. I just was standing in my net and, yep. uh, he yelled at me, then took a slap shot on my head, and I stopped it every time after that.
0: <laughs> That's funny. That our last, yeah, I think it was our last game. There was a ring late. Puck was sent down late in a period, and we only had one ref. It was clearly an icing. He waved it off because he, he could see the clock. I couldn't. He's like, there's 15 seconds left. Well, my teammates all think it's a icing so they're not even moving their feet and I got two guys from the other team come down I'm like oh crap I gotta come out and play it I fumble it so I kind of pull an Aaron Dell and just kind of like get the elbow up and check the guy and try and tie him up somehow they missed a completely open net they hit the side of it but like I, I just skate to the bench and the horn sounds and I'm laughing I was like this is why I don't play the puck guys
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah I got lucky there so the next question what's your favorite all-time goalie mask?
1: My favorite time, all time goalie mask. Yeah. Um. No, I don't know if I really have one. Like of any professional or. Yeah. Um. It's funny because I really don't think I have one. Like I will. I. <laughs> I don't have one that like sticks with me.
0: I, you know what though? I like that because it means you you like them all.
1: Yeah. I mean, I just, I do. I, I like looking at the different masks mm-hmm. when it comes to ones. I don't feel like they get very personal with their masks that much anymore. A lot of them just kind of always put their teams and stuff on them.
0: Yeah. I, like that, it, that like I think they on. get, they get a little too much stuff on them at times too. I think with the yeah, new ones.
1: They Get a little carried away or weird with them. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think of the ones I've seen. Yeah. They would be, I don't know. I follow a lot of um, airbrushers actually on Instagram. There's a ton I like. I just don't know that I have a favorite.
0: Yeah, I do too. And it's funny because when I was in high school, my art class, like every chance I got, I tried to make the art project about a goalie mask. And finally my teacher is like, what, what's going on? I was like, look at them. They're all a work of art. Like the the detail that goes into them and everything. I was able to convince my teacher that goalie masks each one was their own work of art. And I almost had her convinced to uh, have us each in the class, you know, design our own. But she's like, I just, I don't think there's enough interest in hockey within this art class. And I was like, okay, fair enough. But just know all of my projects are going to be based off of a goalie mask. She's like, That's- fair, fair enough. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was funny because all of my drawings projects in art class were definitely all goalie things
0: yep you know what, <laughs> we had to do one where it was like a um uh, a maze so I took Jeff Hackett's Blackhawk's headdress mask and did a maze through all the feathers from one side to the other and she's like I didn't know where you were going on this one but you made it work and then we had to do like this little tile mosaic thing and I I forget what mask I did for that I did one uh of John Van Beesbrook's Florida Panthers mask. And it it almost got to the point where the teacher is like, all right, what mask are you doing this time? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So what is your favorite rink that you've played at?
1: Uh, The one in Switzerland, the outdoor one in the Swiss Alps.
0: Yeah. I've seen Kaz's pictures of that. Pretty much anybody I know who went on that trip is always posting pictures of that rink. And it's like, stop teasing me. It's just not.
1: Yeah. (laughs) coolest rink I've ever played at
0: yeah and it, it sounded like you guys had like perfect weather for that day too where it wasn't too cold it was almost almost too hot if anything
1: yeah it was really sunny on the one side of the rink but other than that yeah it was really nice weather
0: yeah so what's your favorite stick that you've ever used stick yes
1: oh god I'm gonna go back to my very first stick I had a patch of wall coho
0: oh th- those were good sticks um <laughs>
1: Mostly just because it was a Patrick wall, but uh yeah. I yeah. still have
0: I remember when I was in college we had some of them and the only reason I didn't use them is they were a shorter paddle than I liked. So I used Christian's in college.
1: Yeah, I, I uh I still have that stick actually. Yeah,
0: th- th- they were good sticks, they were durable. The other if it were if it was the later Coho when he was in Colorado, I thought the paddle um, kind of how it almost is like a football if you were to look at it cross-section where it gets mm-hmm. fatter I almost felt like it was too fat for my liking uh, that, that was the other issue I had with that particular one but his earlier coho the the red ones he used in um, Montreal th- those were a nice thinner paddle that I did like
1: I miss the coho stuff
0: yeah it it, it was a good brand they should bring it back Yeah. Uh, So what is your favorite youth hockey memory?
1: Youth hockey memory? Um, Nationals in California, probably. Playing in Nationals was really fun. Um, That year of hockey in general, that was my U-12 year, which I played on a guy's team and a girl's team, but I played Mm -hmm. Team Pittsburgh, and I actually uh, had the opportunity to get coached by Lemieux that year. Oh, cool. So that year of hockey in general just sticks in my mind.
0: Yeah, that, that, that's a good reason to stick in your mind. Um, I, I played college hockey with Brian Trottier Jr., and he talks of his dad's time in Pittsburgh. And he was a kid at that point, and Yager was a rookie, you know, this 18 year old kid. So he would come home after practice with Trottier play NHL 94 with Trotch Jr. Because they were closer in age than, you know, he was with most of his older teammates. So he's like, yeah. And Yager always had to be the Penguins so he could be himself. <laughs> 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 yeah, but it, it, it was funny. Trotch it would say, yeah, all my dad's story. This one time before I met your mom and he goes, the one time he's like, dad, you were in Pittsburgh for that story. I, you know, like, I was a kid. He goes, the way I'm telling the story is this one time before I met your boss. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's the worst post game beer you've had?
1: Post game what?
0: The worst post game beer.
1: Oh. Um, well, I'm actually not a beer drinker.
0: That's not true because you had one with me. <laughs> I. Had a c-
1: Did I have a cider?
0: You may have. That's right. You went with yeah. one of those.
1: I had a cider. I'm not a beer drinker. The only time I ever drank beer was in Munich.
0: So what's the worst post-game drink for you then?
1: Um, Beer. <laughs> beer. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I like whiskey.
0: Okay. See, I, I had Eddie Belfour on the podcast a while ago, and he sent me some of his uh, whiskey that him and his son make, and... I let my teammates know that and now they're like, so when are you bringing that whiskey for us to try after a game? It's like, shoot, I shouldn't have told you that. <laughs> so now, now, now I got to bring the whiskey to the next game and, you know, let them try it. So I'm going to have to bring a bunch of little cups so that, you know, do the responsible thing. So we're not drinking out of the same bottle like we would have two years ago. <laughs> um, so when you, this is the polarizing question. When you tape your stick, do you go heel to toe or toe to heel?
1: When I tape it? Yeah. Toe to heel.
0: Okay. So you're in the minority here. Why do you go toe to heel?
1: Because I never tape my stick and I probably don't do it right.
0: (laughs) I I don't think there's a right way or a wrong way of taping your stick. It's whatever works for you.
1: I usually will hand it to one of my teammates and say, tape my stick for me.
0: Nice. Nice. Yeah. I, I, I didn't trust my teammates cause I, I go up above the, uh, the heel there and I didn't trust them to do that. Yeah. So, um, yeah.
1: When I do finally take my own stick, it's usually toe to heel.
0: So when you play, what's your favorite number to wear and why?
1: 47 I wear, that's the only number I wear for every sport. Um, There's not really a real reason, other than it's just the number that was given to me my first year of goaltending, and it's stuck, and it's just my lucky number now.
0: That that works. Surprisingly, 47, you're starting to actually see that more with goalies, too. Um, It's weird that it's just becoming a goalie number.
1: Yeah, it's been my number since I was five, and like for every sport, everything, 47 for baseball
0: when I was coaching high school hockey one of our goalies that was his number too and it was funny because we had, we were ordering new jerseys the year he was coming up and so he was able to get 47 so they would keep the jerseys for a while and then the younger goalies after him they're like I don't want that number but I have to have it because it's one of the only goalie cut jerseys we have
1: <laughs> yep.
0: yeah so the, the last question what advice do you have for young goalies
1: Stick with it. Um, My my advice is for girl goalies. It's to play with the boys because it makes you better. I tell every time I run into girls playing hockey, especially as a goalie, you get away with playing guys hockey for much, much longer. I mean, not a girl player can play guys hockey as long as they want to, but usually once they get into that hitting age Mm
0: -hmm. is when
1: girls drop off and they go play girls hockey. But as a goalie, you can You don't really get checked. Obviously, I mean, yeah, you might get into. You're going to get bumped around. It is what it is. But you're not getting checked constantly. So as a girl playing goalie, you can play with the guys your entire career, essentially up until college. So play guys hockey for as long as possible because it will make you ten times the better goalie, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I can look at. Um a whole team of girls and pick out which ones played guys hockey, which ones have only played girls hockey. Yep. Yeah. The level. Well, and, and
0: I, like you said too, it's, it's not just goalies, it's, um, players as well. I mean, you can tell, you know, in the beer leagues, which girls have played boys hockey and which can't just the, the way they play. And even as a goalie from where they shoot from, uh, yep. because, Girls playing with guys, I think, know they need to kind of be in the slot, you know, and kind of the, the red zone is like, I like to call it to pull, shoot on goalies, you know, in the beer leagues, whereas girls that have only played girls hockey, they're they're going to be at the blue line shooting the puck, and it's not going to make its way through. And it's, it's nothing against women's hockey. It's anatomy, basic anatomy, <laughs> basic anatomy uh, you know.
1: Their shots just aren't going to be hard enough. You can tell by their – even something as simple as their stride and skating.
0: Oh, yeah. They're always uh, – a lot of women, stride
1: women is completely, so much better. <laughs> it's just – it's a whole different game. You can tell when the girls have played guys and when they have played nothing but girls. Now, girls hockey is getting a lot better. It is improving. It's oh, it's yeah. great. Don't get me wrong. I still – but – there's a huge difference between girls and guys sports in general. It's actually really funny because we were watching the highlights from the USA Canada game at my yep. work and the guys watching it were like, it's like, I'm watching this game in slow motion. It's like, four, but it's like, did the goal go in? Like, how'd that even go in? Cause it was like a slow motion goal. Yeah. And I'm like, and it sucks. It's that way. But to my advice would just be stick with guys hockey for as long as you can. When you start to get a little bit older, for recruiting reasons, obviously, play some girls hockey, get on a high-level girls team. But it sucks with, like, the politics involved in hockey.
0: Yep. That's any sport, though, in all honesty, is Uh, politics. But that Canada-U.S. game, like, Maddie Rooney lives in the same community I do, so I joke that she's my neighbor. She played a good game, but that Canada goalie was unreal that game. She's the reason they won that game because Canada was outplayed and she was out of her mind.
1: She played great. I mean, she played amazing. She had what, 57 shots?
0: Yeah. You
1: know. We outshot them 57 to like 20-some.
0: Yeah. And and, yeah,
1: Ruth played played good, but she also didn't seem like herself. She was she committed early on three shots. Mm -hmm. Her pushes were weak. When she committed early to push over, and she was off her angle on almost all the shots. So I don't know. I do think she recently hurt her knee, so I don't know if that had something to do with it or if it was just an off game.
0: Yeah. Well, it, <laughs> what's great about Team USA is they have three solid number one goalies. Um, yes, exactly. You know, and, and they just rotate them too. It's not like you're playing this game. They just rotate through it. So, you know, we'll probably see uh, Hensley for the next game would be my guess. That, yeah. Cause they did, a,
1: they were doing the three goalie rotation this time around.
0: Yeah. You know, I just can't
1: be outshot them that much and didn't win.
0: Yeah. It,
1: it, goalie, it, goalie, and it,
0: it makes me feel good as a fan looking forward to a possible gold medal matchup with Canada. Um, Cause you and I know as goalies, you do that one game. That's awesome. But you get into your own head saying, I got to do this again for us to win things usually don't go well. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm hopeful. Um, but the, the other thing too, is, you know, two of the four goals were because of penalties and Canada scored one on the power play, one on the penalty shot. Canada's got a dynamite power play. And so that they, they got to stay out of the
1: box. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it's, it's going to be fun. And then I, I watched the uh, guys game today and the fact that team China can call themselves team China when, 11 are from Canada, eight are from, or seven are from the U S and then like the rest, all except for one are from Europe. I think only one was actually born in China, but grew up in, uh, California. It's like, come on. What's,
1: What's that? Like the dual citizenship type deal going on there.
0: So what they did, China was playing in some international tournaments and just getting destroyed with. Chinese born players. And so the Olympic committee, um, the IOC was like, even though you're the host key, host country, we might not let you play in hockey. So then they worked out a deal and to naturalize citizens and pretty much they naturalized the Kulin red stars that play in the KHL. So that they're all Chinese citizens. So what's funny is I, their goalie, um, I think his name was Justin Smith. They gave them all new Chinese names. Um, and to Kenny Albert's credit, he get called them all by their real names in this game. Uh, he didn't call them by the Chinese names. But uh, John Scotts talked about it on dro- his podcast, Dropping Gloves, because they tried getting him to play for the Red Stars, and you know they're like, "It'll be great. You can play in the Olympics. You'll become a citizen." And he's like, "But part of it becoming a Chinese citizen is you have to renounce your current citizenship." so like Jake Chelios Chelios' son is no longer a U.S. citizen he's a Chinese citizen um, so it's they had like,
1: dual citizenship they had a
0: no they in, got wow yeah in China you, you they don't allow dual citizenship so it's like mm, yeah I, I'm not going to do that to play for China <laughs> not in the current geopolitical climate
1: yeah that's crazy Yes. I did not
0: realize that so you know that team has basically been playing together all season so they looked really good early on compared to the U.S. team which is mostly college kids who've been playing together for maybe two weeks and this is their first real game together you know so it started out so I think they only had one or two goals in the first period but as the game went on you could see the chemistry building by the end of the game it was an eight to nothing win so it, it was uh Good to see them come together. A perfect team for them to play for the first game, you know, not you know one of the other stronger teams. So that that was good as a fantasy. So I didn't
1: know. I didn't realize <laughs> that's. Not, I didn't realize China did that.
0: Yeah, they have a lot of athletes in other sports too who are not naturally born Chinese citizens that are now. Well, I saw there.
1: the. I saw the thing about the something about the figure skater who's born in america but she was american born anyways yeah for china
0: yeah her mom was chinese and her dad was american i think it was and she grew up in america but decided to skate for china because she wanted to bring hope and inspire you know kids in china and i'm going why not inspire hope and What not for American girls, you know? (laughs) Like where where you grew up, you know. I I I try not to get political on the podcast, but China China is a communist country. Um, they they play by a whole different set of rules. Uh, so yeah, I don't know how much you want to get into that (laughs) as an athlete. You know, it's like this isn't maybe the uh, the the human rights stage I want to be on right now. Um, Anyway, so it's been fun talking to you. Well,
1: speak of China, did you uh, see the woman's uh, China goalie, her pads?
0: Yes, those are awesome. Those are awesome. Her
1: pads are sick.
0: Ironically (coughs) enough, made in Canada. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it, it needs to be said. Ironically enough, <laughs> um, yeah, th- th- those are pretty, pretty cool. I'm surprised we haven't seen more awesome pads like that. Um, Rooney's pads are pretty cool with the uh, CCM digiprint that they got going on. Uh, the guides though, is pretty boring. I mean, Camesso's got some stars and stripes on the sides, but
1: uh, last, last Olympics.
0: yes, there, there were some good ones there. But I can tell you're in the car because we're starting to get some spotty reception. So I want to thank you for coming on. Where can people find you on social media if they want to follow you? Uh,
1: My Instagram, it's just Tara underscore 47.
0: That's easy enough. And I can put that in the uh, show notes. Um, But uh, thanks for taking some time and talking to me. I'm sure we're going to probably see each other at the next playground puck because I'm sure it'll happen again next year.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm sure I'll be back up in Minnesota again, too, so.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure if you're coming to Minnesota, I'll find out about it, and we'll probably be skating with Kaz for it. So. (laughs) Well, we'll be in touch. It was good
1: talking to you, though.
0: Yeah, have a great rest of your night. Thank you. You too. Tara is a fun person to talk to with a lot of interesting stories. We didn't even get to her almost being drafted by the Buffalo Buttes, but later being told the equipment manager is the one that put the kibosh on that because she is so small and it would be hard to find pro-level equipment that small. We might have to have a follow-up episode so we can talk about that. Be sure to follow Tara on Instagram at Tara underscore 47. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube simply by searching for Wash Up Goalie. Visit washupgoalie.com for some great hockey-related content, my Beer League Hockey video highlights, and of course, all podcast episodes. If you want some Wash Up Goalie or tendy Talk apparel, be sure to visit the Threadless shop by clicking the merchandise link on my website. If you like this podcast, go listen to the BLPA Big Show. It's the OG BLPA Podcast Network show where a couple of Beer League players talk Beer League hockey, draft experience shenanigans, and exploits from around the game. Be sure to check out the full lineup of hockey-related podcasts on the Hockey Podcast Network as well. There are too many lists here, but shows like the Barn Burner podcast, the Tracking the Storm Carolina Hurricanes podcast, and the Tell It Abs It Is podcast can all be found. I need to thank the band The Zambonis for allowing me to use their music on my podcast. You can download their music on iTunes or listen wherever you stream music from. More on lining up other goalies to talk to. If you are a goalie or have connections to a goalie who I should talk to, shoot me an email at washupgoalie 39 at gmail.com or send me a DM on social media. And let's not forget, if you're a brand who wants to sponsor the show, be sure to reach out to me. I'd be happy to talk. And finally, if you like what you hear, be su- sure to subscribe, rate, and comment on the podcast platform you're listening on. It's a quick action on your part that helps others find Tendy Talk. Until next time, keep your stick on the ice in your body square to the puck.